Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Barlog. Episode 6, The Josh Barlog Show, December 20th, 2014. And boy, is it a mess. Talking Chicago Bears football to start. I know everyone's talking about it, so I'll get to it now. The questions behind Jay Cutler, the benching of Jay Cutler, the status of Mark Tressman, Mel Tucker, Aaron Cromer, and even Phil Emery. I'm going to start with the man to blame, or who everyone blames, for every single Bears loss. The guy who wears number six, Jay Cutler, and I got to tell you, I I haven't seen a ton of play from him where I can really blame Cutler on numerous occasions. I mean, of course, he has he's had a ton of bad games this year, but you know, it, this entire team has not looked like they wanted to play. Um, aside from Matt Forte, uh, Martellus Bennett, and I mean, you you could even throw Brandon Marshall in there, but. Other than that, I, I think you know Cutler can can nowhere near be uh, the target of this entire situation. If you want to go to the sideline and talk about Mark Tressman, uh, I mean even Aaron Cromer, the things that that uh, have have gone on in the past couple of weeks, we talked about that last show. Uh, I mean it, something's got to change, and and a lot of things have to change. I wrote about this. Um, on my blog, the Josh Barlog blog. You can find that at uh, joshbarlog.blogspot.com. Go ahead and leave your thoughts there. Uh, you know, I, I talked about this off season coming up, and it's pretty simple. Clean house. Get rid of everybody. Um, from Mark Tressman, Aaron Cromer, Mel Tucker, to, to, I mean, even Jay Cutler, Phil Emery, why not? I mean, it, it's got to start somewhere, and I think he's the nucleus of this of this situation. He's the guy who signed Mark Tressman to a multi-year deal with no head coaching experience in the NFL. Sure, a successful CFL resume, but let's be honest, the CFL is nowhere close to what the NFL is. He's the guy who signed Jay Cutler to an outrageously large contract, and Cutler, one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks in the league. Do you want to talk about play calling? Aaron Cromer, not only did he oust his quarterback and and then come out and, and admit it and, you know, whatever, that's, I guess, supposedly it's all in the past. Mark Trestman, I got he he doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing here anymore. There's no disciplinary action to Aaron Cromer, and now you want to call this benching of Jay Cutler a disciplinary action when you're 5-9 and nine and have nothing to play for? I don't think this is disciplinary disciplinary action for Jay Cutler. I think it's, well, I mean, we're 5-9. and nine. You might as well see what our backup quarterback can do. And, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier uh, in the week, and they said, you know, Mark Trestman having this reputation of a quarterback guru, I think there is a possibility that Tressman is hoping Clawson has a good game and you know the Bears somehow pull out a win here on Sunday against the Detroit Lions and then he can he can say see I I've got it I, I am that quarterback guru that that I'm 
known for and that I'm known to be. And Jay Cutler's just uncoachable. Well, uh, I don't I don't think that's really true because there have been, you know, the five games that the Bears have won this year where Cutler looks great. But I don't think Clawson is going to back him up. I think the Bears are going to get walloped on Sunday. But, I, I mean, let, let's go to the defensive side of the ball with Mel Tucker. You know, they, they want to point the finger at Mel Tucker, too. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think there's a ton of fault here on the other side of the football. What did Mel Tucker have to work with? An injured Lance Briggs. A washed-up Jared Allen. A hurt Charles Tillman. Chris Conte, Shea McClellan still trying to adjust at the linebacker spot in the NFL level. And the only surprise was Kyle Fuller. He had nothing to work with aside from the mediocrity that he had. So any sort of blame put on Mel Tucker is ill-advised. Look, you're going to give up a ton of points if you don't have anything to work with. The C- the Seattle Seahawks you can put, you know, half half of the credit on coaching, half of the credit on the players. If the talent's not there, the coaching can be there all at once, but it's not going to show on the field. So, if the Bears had something else to work with, had a, a solid defensive core, I could I could see where the blame could be. But I, I just don't. Uh, again, aside from Kyle Fuller, there was no surprises this year. Uh, letdowns, for sure. But no no real you know, way to, to say that this is Mel Tucker's fault. So what do we do? You know, back to the cleaning house thing. Uh, speculations of Trustman being gone, good. Speculations of Jay Cutler being gone, Good. Speculation of, you know, Aaron Cromer being gone. Good. Nothing of Phil Emery. Not good. He's going to continue to to dig this team into a hole as long as he's, he's in the front office making decisions. He needs to go. Charles Tillman, on the defensive side of the ball, Charles Tillman, I don't even know if he's going to come back. Get rid of Lance Briggs. Get rid of Jared Allen. They're washed up. You're wasting money on old players when you could be you could you could be paying younger players less money to get the job done better than they can Chris Conti needs to go and the secondary just needs to be revamped and they tried to do it in the draft last year with Fuller but but there I mean there just wasn't enough talent there I, th- I think they they wanted haha Clinton Dix but that, I mean, that just didn't happen. Not sure why, but, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbled. But this year, if you want to talk about draft class, there is nothing. There is nothing out there that I, I can see that is a wow factor that can be an easy, easy decision in the draft, aside from Marcus Mariota. And even if he comes out, Jameis Winston. I don't think Jameis Winston comes out this year. I think he could use a little bit more development in the the college level. 
and I don't think he he could could succeed uh, as in the NFL right now. So I mean, we're talking one player, one breakout player. Unless there's sleepers out there in in smaller schools that I'm missing, then I I don't see any real unbelievable talent coming in this draft. So I think the Bears are going to need to, you know, use their marketing skills, put a huge offer on this ta- on the table to get somebody big at the head coaching position, at the offensive coordinator position, the defensive coordinator position in the front office under center. It's going to have to they're going to have to pull something out of their behinds to to make next season worthwhile or else it's just going to be a repeat of this year and they're going to have unhappy fans and an empty stadium again i'm re i'm pretty much reiterating what i wrote about um on my blog joshbarlog.blogspot.com again go leave your comments there uh agree or disagree maybe even your thoughts on what the bears could do to better their situation because if there's something that I'm missing, and it's kind of a no-brainer, I mean, I, w- I would love to know. Because the things that I'm thinking of, uh, it would take a miracle to do. We're going to move on to some baseball news. And this kind of a shocker to me, but at the same time, I, I kind of understand how all of this is happening. The San Diego Padres doing their best to try and compete in the National League West next year, picking up Justin Upton, uh, Matt Kemp, Will Myers, and pushing for Boston Red Sox third baseman Will Middlebrooks. I'm not sure how likely that is. I I was reading uh, reports today that they are close to a deal, and, I mean, you never know what can happen there. We'll, We'll see what happens. But the Padres have had money like this for for a long time. They've been in a position like the Cubs were, uh, like the Astros were. They have the money sitting around. They have the prospects to, to trade away. They can afford trading away draft picks to, to get these high-profile players. I mean, Matt Kemp does have the arthritis, but I think it is a better option than what the Padres have had. The acquiring of Justin Upton just adds a bat to their lineup and a glove in the outfield. Will Myers, I mean, it, it, we're going to see what happens, but I, I got I to gotta believe that the Padres finished first or second. Uh, if all the pieces, you know, come together in the right way, uh, I'm saying first or second. I think they compete this year in that National League West, which is a division that, you know, is kind of hit or miss every year with the Rockies, Dodgers, and, uh, and Giants. And the speaking of the, the Giants did lose Pablo Sandoval to Boston, so a lot of teams losing players, a lot of teams adding players, and again, Padres have a real shot at uh, tr- competing in this National League West. More moves made for the Cubs, signing Red Sox catcher David Ross, two years, five million. There's a come up. Uh, Wellington Castillo likely to be gone in the next couple of days. Uh, you saw it coming. I mean, David Ross is such such an upgrade from Wellington Castillo. And I know a lot of Cubs fans liked Wellington Castillo. They didn't really have a problem with him. 
but signing David Ross, oh my goodness, think about it. David Ross adding a bat to your lineup, and I mean, there's still a ton of time left to, for for deals to be done. On the south side, Milky Cabrero was picked up. It's going to be exciting for Chicago baseball, no matter what team you're rooting for. It's going to be real fun to watch. And the only problem is ticket prices are going up. That's the only bad thing about this uh, this offseason for Chicago baseball. But I, I think a lot of these fans have been waiting this for a long waiting for this for a long time. So I think paying you know the extra money for a ticket isn't going to be too much of an issue. This is usually where I do my three strikes, you're out, but with the NFL dwindling down to the last couple weeks and the bowl games, the college bowl games starting today, December 20th, I figured it was a, a good time to do maybe some, some confidence pool picking for the NFL and uh, some bowl, bowl predictions for Saturday. And for those of you who don't understand what a, what a confidence pool is, uh, say there's 12 games, you put, you know, 12 points on a game where you you're completely confident 100% confident that a team uh, will will win against another and you know it kind of goes goes that way 12 being the most confident one being the least confident and at the end of the process whoever has the most points is the winner for that week and of course um, if you do this all year the end of that year so here we go 15 games this weekend, aside from the Thursday night game, which uh, was a yawn, uh, the Jaguars winning uh, at home against the Tennessee Titans. Not too sure too many people watched that game. Uh, but here we go, 15 on the Packers to beat the Buccaneers, which that could come back to bite me because, you know, the, the Buccaneers are not as bad as everyone thinks they are. 14 on the... Patriots to beat the Jets, that could come back to bite me as well. But uh, pretty confident that New England's gonna, you know, keep the pedal to the metal and pull this one out. The Lions, thirteen over the Bears, and <laughs> I am not one bit worried about this game unless Jimmy Clausen somehow goes off. Twelve on the Bills to beat the Raiders. Uh, I don't, I don't think I should be worried about that one either. Eleven on the Chiefs to beat the Steelers, that could be one to surprise me. Roethlisberger could have himself a day. Ten on the Eagles to beat the Redskins, don't think I'm going to be too worried there. Nine on the Dolphins to beat the Vikings, down in Miami, not, not too, uh, not too worried about anything there. Eight the Ravens taking things against the Texans who. Aside from J.J. Water, just a mess. Uh, seven, taking the Panthers to beat the Browns. Cam Newton likely to play. Uh, Ron Rivera, 99% confident that number one is going to be on the field after that two-car accident last week. Six on the Broncos, taking on the Bengals. Don't think I should be uh, worried there, but knowing my luck, the Bengals are going to surprise everyone and, and take care of Denver after that big win against Cleveland. Five on the Saints over the Falcons. This is a game where, you know, I went back and forth who I should take, but it is in New Orleans, one of the toughest places to play after their performance last week. I think Drew Brees has a big game. 
four on the Giants to beat the Rams. This is another one that could come back to bite me. The Rams are unbelievable at home this year, uh, beating Seattle and San Francisco at home. So this could come back to bite me, reason being I only put four on the Giants. Three, the Cowboys over the Colts in Dallas. I think Tony Romo you know, uses his arm. And DeMarco Murray, not sure if he's playing or not. But if he is, uh, first of all, you're you're coming down on your deadline of your contract, and if you wanted to f- test free agency, I would go ahead and sit things out and just let teams think about the incredible year you had uh, in the backfield. Two, on the 49ers to beat the Chargers. I don't know about this one. That's why I put two on it. The 49ers are an absolute mess this year. Colin Kaepernick, the past couple weeks, has not looked like Colin Kaepernick at all. Not getting a ton of production from Frank Gore. They're, I mean, the receiving core is not that, isn't that good. So I, I think they pulled this one out, but they're going to have to stop Antonio Gates and that Phillip Rivers offense. And the toughest game of the weekend, for me anyway, the Seahawks. And the Cardinals, I put one point on the Seattle Seahawks to take care of the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. Uh, Two of the best defenses in the NFL. But Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, and Doug Baldwin, I think, can overcome Pat Pete and that Cardinals defense. That list is also listed on my blog, joshbarlog.blogspot.com. Go ahead and uh, head on over there and... Let me know what you think. You can put your your picks in the in the comments or let me know how much of a dope I am for putting certain points on certain games. Let's end things with the kickoff of the college bowl games for Saturday, December 20th. The first one we got, Louisiana Lafayette against Nevada. I'm taking Louisiana Lafayette in this one. I got to be honest, I'm not sure why. I haven't seen either one of these teams play. Just kind of taking a shot in the dark here. Utah State over UTEP. Uh, that's Texas El Paso. Both Utah teams are usually pretty pretty good each year, and you never see too much about Texas El Paso. So uh, there's my reason there. Utah State over UTEP. A ranked team in the mix, Utah, taking them over Colorado State. I think Colorado State had a great uh, past few years, but uh, I think this bowl game is not for them. Taking Western Michigan over Air Force. Although Western Michigan, the one game I did see them play was against Purdue. Not a good performance there, but I do think uh, that their their program is very excited about this bowl game. And Air Force, I mean, a, a quality team as well, but I think this is going to be one of those games where it's very close. Uh, last team that has the ball uh, wins, the, wins the game. So Western Michigan, the Broncos over Air Force. And the last game of Saturday, I'm taking Bowling Green over Southern Alabama. Bowling Green, a team that's given Northern Illinois fits in the past. I think they give Southern Alabama fits tomorrow. So that's going to do it. Episode 6 in the books. Josh Barlog's show, bringing you episodes every week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, even though it was a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, Hopefully have a guest on next week so we can keep this conversation going 
And if you want to keep the conversation going, follow me on Twitter at Josh Barlog, talking anything sports. Again, for like the fourth time during the show, check out the blog, joshbarlog.blogspot.com. Happy holidays, and we'll see you guys next week. Stay humble, sports fans.